0: The Oracle Network Warning The following podcast contains mature content Listener discretion is advised With cocaine One snort And it just owned my body and soul Something in my system wanted that And once cocaine was there, it was like the missing link. Click. Like when you turn on lights. It's on or off. There's no halfway. Cocaine was like my on switch. Stephen King. Some people understand that feeling of an on switch that Stephen King describes. It's a need. A compulsion. An overwhelming drive for some of us who dared to dance with the allure of a substance that could make us forget our pain, suffering, grief, and heartache. It's a dance with the devil that some of us sign willingly, knowing that the next big hit, the next big high, could be our last, but still doing it anyway, still chasing that dream in hopes of leaving ourselves behind and losing oneself to the drift of a high. Some of us come away from the chase, realizing that at some point, something has to change. Something has to give, or we will lose our lives to following that high. Some of us are never able to stop, never able to stop the pursuit of that demon that lures us in with promises of escaping the prisons of our lives. Join us for our upcoming series on the struggles of addiction, and where we explore our very human need to escape our lives and fall down into the spiral of drugs and alcoholism. Even if that spiral may one day lead to our very own demise at the hands of a compulsion we cannot control. If you or a loved one has been struggling with addiction or has in the past and would like to share your story, please feel free to reach out to me via social media or through email at juryroompodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Addicted, a Jury Room production, coming soon to wherever you listen to this podcast. Hello and welcome to the jury room where we dissect some of the most heinous some of the most unthinkable and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth from cannibalistic serial killers to decades old unsolved mysteries these stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night Well, welcome back to another episode of The Jury Room Aftermath. On this episode, we're visiting the cult that is the Branch Davidians and the Waco Siege. Now, this was a tragic event that happened back in 1993, which claimed the lives of dozens of people and including children and some women. But on today's episode, I have a guest from the Nefarious Nightmare podcast. Courtney, say hi. Introduce yourself and your podcast and give the listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Courtney. I am one of the two co-hostesses with the mostesses um <laughs> from a nefarious nightmare. Um 39, Texas, born and raised. Uh you know, I I've got a husband somehow and a and a daughter and um very big into victim advocacy and yeah. Um, Amanda's also cool, but she's only here in spirit. So
0: that's me. Where can they find your podcast at?
1: We are just about everywhere. Um, You can just type in a nefarious nightmare and you'll find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google podcasts, audible, just about everywhere. Um, We're also all over the social media. So,
0: right. And for anybody who hasn't listened, definitely go listen to them Uh, This week, I will be featuring an episode of theirs. I'll be putting it out on Wednesday. So definitely check them out. Show show them some love. So what exactly is your podcast about? Do you delve into true crime? Is it like missing person cases, stuff like that? Like what what exactly do you cover?
1: We mainly cover true crime. Sometimes we'll go into the paranormal. Um, We've kind of strayed away from that somewhat because we're really kind of just sticking to the topic of true crime. Um, Lately um we've actually been dealing with a, a few like what i call unsolved because um uh, unfortunately a lot of these families have dealt with um basically police are kind of you know refusing to fully investigate things so um but th- many of these are murders so yeah i would say majorly true crime
0: right on and is there a comedy aspect to it or is it just very strictly to the facts
1: Um, We do have a little bit of a humor aspect to it just to kind of, you know, keep the darkness um, as light as possible. Um, Sometimes people can't, you know, completely handle the darkness. So they just they want to hear about the crime with a little bit of that, you know, lighthearted flavor, if you will. Um, We have been trying to stray away from that a little bit just because, you know, these these are to be taken seriously, but you know even still sometimes you just got to offset the darkness
0: with a little bit of humor right it kind of uh it's like a coping mechanism almost
1: yeah somewhat but it also is is my little way of basically grabbing you by the collar and saying hey listen you know so yeah
0: hold right, on so we were talking a little bit beforehand and i know you've had some experiences with cults and we were discussing a little bit in uh, of your experiences. Have you ever experienced something like the Branch Davidians, or is it is is what your experience was? It a little bit different.
1: Um, it was different in the aspect where it wasn't. Uh, well, it didn't end in that way. <laughs> in In a lot of ways, it's still going on, if if you will. I like to lovingly refer to it as a pseudo cult, but. Regardless, it's it was a cult. Um, I was a part of it for four years. Um, they didn't have Kool-Aid that was like spiked with any poison, but they did have a special drink that they would pass around during their meetings. Um, yeah, I would say that in some ways it was similar, and so in, a, in, in some ways it wasn't as far as like the violence aspect.
0: Right. Is that now with there being like a – one of the things that I've noticed doing cult episodes which is this one isn't my first one is that there is a lot of manipulation and strength and power, right? So oh yeah was was there a lot of brainwashing going on, you know, telling convincing people of of these certain beliefs?
1: Oh, yeah. um I'm actually really glad that you asked that because one thing I kind of want to um let anybody listening know um there's there's a couple of different similarities in all cults. Okay. Um, And I don't want to use the term religion, because religion tends to get, you know, misinterpreted, misinterpreted, I'm sorry. Um, But I will say spiritual aspect, because even if it's not like a Christian cult, um, there's still like that whole spirituality aspect. But also, the leader is 100% always a narcissist. And Narcissists do have this overwhelming uh, ability to manipulate and brainwash. And, and one thing I also would like to say is a lot of people feel that people that fall victim to being part of a cult are often considered to be naive or even unintelligent. The reality is just about anybody could fall victim to you know, being brainwashed or, or enticed into joining a cult. So.
0: Right. And that's something, that's another thing that I've noticed too, and I've covered a several different cults is that it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, whether you're poverty stricken or, you know, filthy rich is that the reality is, is that a cult can pull anyone in. I mean, you look at the likes of Scientology and Nexium, where it was, where it it involves high status people with lots and lots of money, but yet they're still, you know, allowing themselves to be indoctrinated with these crazy beliefs, you know.
1: Exactly. There's that's exactly what I was going to say. Well, not exactly. I mean, you could put it in better words than I did, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Basically, um, I was even going to say Nixium and you know Scientology, um, you know, Charles Manson, Jim Jones, even David Koresh, uh, several multi-level marketing, <laughs> um, they all have a they all have a spiritual type of aspect behind them. If you look at it, you you'll see it. So
0: and that's the crazy part is is that it, it, it's I don't want to say it fascinates me, but it does at the same time, how one person can control so many people, even the aspects of like Jim Jones, like there were, that was a lot of people that he convinced to move to the middle of the jungle and then convince them to drink, you know, the the spiked Kool-Aid that you alluded to earlier. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's crazy to me that somebody can control A human being to that to that level you know what i mean
1: you know it's it's been what is it i i left in 2010 christmas the day after christmas and it's been how many years now so 20 or i'm sorry not 22 12 years i don't math very good but uh it's been 12 years and even i'm still just like whoa how did that happen so yeah And it's even still fascinating to me to this day. So.
0: Is it the social aspect of it that drives people to continue to maybe stay in that life a little bit longer is because of the social, maybe not wanting to be a social outcast?
1: Yes, it's that. It's also some people are born into it. Um, I think that people genuinely want to um, fill a void that has been there all their life. Um, Mine was, I felt kind of slighted by my family and I saw family in these people. And, you know, sometimes you see through the bullshit and you leave and some people just can't see through the bullshit and they stay. And it's just, it's a really weird, wild kind of situation. It's hard to, it's hard to get out no matter how you look at it. But even, even, even the most, among the most brainwashed deep down, they really want to get out. So they just, they stay out of fear usually.
0: Right. And I commend you for, you know, getting away and and being able to, to stay strong in that and, and not continuing that because a lot of people, like you said, don't get out and they continue to live that life knowing that it's not healthy for them.
1: Yeah. And thank you.
0: But another common theme, and I'm not saying all of them, right, but was there was there any allegations of like sexual abuse or anything within whatever group you were in?
1: Um, I would love to believe that that did not happen because unfortunately, there were some children that were born um into this. Um, there was um a particular point in time. And I, I feel so much guilt for this one, but there was a particular point in time where one of the children had, um, been known to have behavioral issues. And so he did not necessarily have the trust of everybody else, but then he came forward and said that, you know, so-and-so was doing such and such to him. And, you know, back then, you know, we were all just kind of like deep into this whole, like, I believe so-and-so but i look back and i'm like after everything that i've learned you know you should always believe the child if they come forward and i always wonder to this day you know if that had ever happened to him
0: do you think it's the the power dynamic that causes you know what i mean this this that kind of depravity or is it just people are just sick
1: uh oh man (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's a very loaded question. I, uh, I, I will go on record and just basically say, I, I do not at all ever condone sexual abuse of any kind or pedophiles. And, and I'm, I'm the first to say that. like I covered Jason Vukovic in one episode and basically in, in so many ways glorified him because he beat up three pedophiles, um, I would love to say, yeah, I, I I just, I, I can't, I can, I can say that it's mental illness. I could say all these things, but I still just, I can't find any excuse for that behavior. Oh no,
0: I I absolutely don't want to excuse it. Right. 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 No. It's, it's in every cult, it seems like there's always that, that allegation of sexual abuse to David yeah. Koresh, you know, there wasn't allegations, but he's, he's sleeping with 12 to 14 year old girls getting them pregnant, um, marrying, yeah. um, you know, there, there's been so many cults that are like that. And it's, yeah. just, it's one of those things that, it's got to come from a place of, well, he's convinced, you know, this person has convinced his followers that I'm, you know, basically God. Yeah. And so I have the right to do this, but you don't, you know what I mean? And it's that, that, that depravity that is like, what the fuck is wrong with you?
1: So, right. So I, I I guess I misunderstood the question. So here's, here's my answer. I think because many of these cults, the, the leader, you know, feels like they have that God complex. Right. I think that that seed of pedophilia has been planted for a very, very long time. And they are just looking for an excuse to act on it without, quote unquote, getting in trouble. You know what I mean?
0: Right. So more or less, it's just that they've already convinced everybody that they're God. Right. Because they've put themselves up on a pedestal and now they have followers And so now if they are doing whatever, you know, bullshit that they're doing, nobody's going to question them because they are God, basically.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. So with that being said, so now I just I kind of wanted to touch base on that. So you you kind of have a personal experience or I'm sure you imagine or can empathize uh, with what these people went through with David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Uh, you know, David Koresh, you know, rose to power. I slightly remember this as a child. I was probably, fuck, I don't know, seven, eight years old at the time when when this happened. So I wasn't, I was still a kid, but I was, you know, I was starting to learn things. So I slightly remember this, but it's one of those things that the David Koresh is kind of, I don't want to say a cultural icon in the positive sense, but everybody knows the name, right? Everybody knows the Waco siege and the branch Davidians because of what happened. Oh man. Now, <laughs> right. So in your opinion, real quick, before we start talking about everything, do you think the branch Davidians fired first or do you think the ATF agents and the FBI fired
1: first? Okay. Um, I was waiting for this question. <laughs> um. Because I remember at the very end, you had asked a similar question and basically it said nobody's ever going to know. Essentially, all of this is David Koresh's fault. Uh, This is this is all his doing, no matter how you look at it, no matter how you swing it, uh, the blood is all on his hands. Okay, I feel like the ATF could have done better as far as the way that they had handled it. I feel like all of law enforcement you know, could have, but at the very same time, we've all got to remember that they haven't been through anything like this before. And they were being backed into a corner. There were so many times where, you know, Koresh had um, basically wagered with them as to, you know, you grant this for me and I will let these people go. And then they did that. And then he was like, Oh, just kidding. Not going to, not going to happen. I mean it's hard to be in that kind of situation so you know we can we can all be angry with person A or person B all we want but essentially this is all David Koresh is doing.
0: Right, 100% and I agree with that. It's not that I don't and and you're right. They the the at the time hostage negotiation was, you know what I mean, not to this level, right? And they're they had never dealt with something with with a in a sense, a militant group who had so many weapons and ammunition and food. Like, like they literally could have been held up there for a year or longer, depending on how many, how many people left, and not even batted an eye. So it's one of those things that David Koresh is definitely at fault for it. Um, but, you know, the question is, you know, did it, it just... I don't know it it worries me that that it's kind of the same narrative that we're in now with the police you know what I mean did they do something maybe that they shouldn't have that provoked them you know what I mean and that's what kind of made it become a deadly siege or was it something that you know what I mean that the the Branch Davidians fired first and then the the cops were just responding you know so it's it's just a question that it's curiosity question you know.
1: Right. I get that. Um, I essentially, I feel like, you know, ATF basically was like, okay, I'm done with this and did what they had to do. If that makes sense. Right. And it, it,
0: and I, I totally understand that because nothing would fucking piss me off more than doing something for somebody. And with, you know what I mean? With the promise of this, oh, we're going to, you know, come peacefully and then it not happen because then it's like, well, wait a second, then why are we doing this? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I have a question for you, actually. I was just thinking about this. Um, do you remember what you were doing when this all had like had occurred like you know, what kind of things you were watching on TV, uh, things like that? Do you remember?
0: Uh I had no idea to be honest cuz like I said I was a little kid so I was I think I was born I was I think I was born <laughs> I was born in the 80s Same so in in the mid 80s so I was probably I don't know man I was probably watching cartoons or something but I remember seeing it on the news you know or my my mom and my grandma talking about it and so it's you know it's one of those things and, and as I've grown up I've seen you know different news about it and learned about it and there's a um, there's another podcast out there who is re- um he is was actually David Koresh's lawyer, and his name is Dick DeGarren And um it was really well done. It was a couple of episodes, and it was, and he was talking about the wage uh the way the Waco siege and uh and David Koresh, and it was like it was just a different perspective. You know what I mean? Now I get it. Lawyers are meant to not think that their clients are guilty and they're supposed to defend them. Now, David Koresh never got his day in court. And, you know, so, but it was, it was an interesting perspective that I had never heard before. And so it was one of those things that I don't know. It just, it makes you think, you know, cause I'm all, all about information and trying to learn everything, whether it's, you know, whether the outcome is the same or not, it's still something that you want to know all sides of, you know?
1: Oh yeah, I get that. So it's one
0: of those things too with cult leaders where they always seem to take power away from somebody, right? And David Koresh was no different. And so it's one of those things that, do you think that his followers followed him because he was he showed more power. Or do you think he was just more or less more charismatic in the fact that he could convince people to follow him?
1: I think it was a little bit of both. um this this is something that I actually can relate to in some sense because, um, you know, as humans, we all kind of it's it, the way that we relate with people, it's always a give or take, right? Um, and that's exactly how you're supposed to relate with people. You you give a little, but you take a little. It's just you scratch my back. I scratch yours. I think that his followers saw the charisma and they were like, you know, spellbound or starstruck by that. But at the same time, they saw that he or they felt that he had some kind of power that they could glean from from that and take a little bit of that piece of that power. Does that make sense?
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. 100%. So-
1: So basically, they're following David Koresh, and and in a sense, they also are David Koresh.
0: That's a good point. And I never thought, I I didn't even think about it like that. But in a sense, they do wrap their identities up into this person. So, and one of the crazy things is is that he was actually able to get away with attempted murder, which probably only fueled his ego even more.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure that that definitely did that. Oh, I could get away I mean, with this. What else can I get away with?
0: Right. It's kind of that, that God complex grows because it's like, well, look at this, look at the laws of the lands. I'm above them. Right. Yeah. It's this whole thing is crazy because they, he wanted the power, but, and he even had the the backing of the wife of the previous leader and instead of her own son, and I'm sure that had to have been devastating to her son too, because it's like, well, wait a second i I should be next, not this guy, you know what I mean,
1: yeah, I don't know what it is about certain people they um embodied that particular uh God complex and charisma where it's some people and not others you know um it was very in the situation that I was in, it was very evident with. Our God dare I call him a leader oh uh but anyway he he had you know he had a sibling who also was very narcissistic and, and abrasive but this but his sibling was very much so slighted I, you know I mean to me they were one and the same but to everybody else it was like this. Fucking leader. Sorry, I'm I'm still salty. Of of course, but anyways, this fucking leader is the best, and screw the other person. Also, I'm kind of afraid of the other person, but screw them.
0: Right? Was there a divide within your group because of him having a sibling?
1: Yeah. Um You. I I don't know how to explain it without giving away too much, but. Basically, it's kind of like if you're looking to like a corporation, right? And you have the, the leader would be the president and then you have the vice president and then you have the, I guess I would say the CEO would be above the president, right? So there's also the CEO, um, The CEO like handles and manages like and and runs the show. They're like the backing for everything. And then you have, you know, of course, the president who's just everybody sees first, like the first line of defense. I would I would be under the vice president, if that makes any sense. But we essentially would still. Like if the vice president would make like a rule, the president's hand overruled that i i'm sorry oh, if this isn't okay. making any sense
0: no no, no no no, that makes sense
1: it's somewhat of a divide you're either directly under the president or the vice president but no matter what you're directly under the president it's weird right
0: but what about the like being was the was there a power struggle that's i think that's kind of what i was trying to ask was there a power there, struggle between siblings
1: oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely right. Um, At one point, I think uh, the other sibling did branch off and try to do things on their own. Um, But then essentially they ended up back there. So
0: (laughs) That's usually how it (laughs) happens, right? I could do it better than you. Oh, just kidding.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Siblings, am I right? Right. I
0: mean, absolutely. 100%. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, too, was the fact that they were getting grenades mailed to them. Or at least the parts to make grenades. How fucking insane is that to us to think about now in 2022 that people were able to get weapons of of I mean not mass destruction but destruction mailed to them.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like now it's like you could (laughs) that it's (laughs) insane. I'm thinking of a good. uh, I I've heard of people trying to mail. Uh. edibles (laughs) edibles <laughs> immediately <laughs> you know put in jail just like holy shit but these people are getting grenades you know right
0: right guns and ammunition and all kinds of shit and it's like how you know what though I, I hate saying the fucking phrase but it it was a different time we hadn't gone through a lot of the things that we've gone through now right
1: you're absolutely right it was definitely a different time Definitely. I think there's a lot of of bad that's going on now that should have been learned from that time. But at the same time, I think that we're a lot more privy to things now. it's It's just weird, uh, how things have changed, but there's some things that we've learned from, but clearly, other things that we should have learned from if that makes any sense that uh, uh, yeah,
0: we probably never will learn from, ah, uh,
1: yeah, exactly <clears throat>
0: <laughs> so, but that's the, I don't know, man. It's, it's just, do you think something like this would happen today in today's culture? Like a, like a standoff like this? Or do you think that we're more well-equipped to handle something like this?
1: Uh, I think it will ha- I w- I think it will definitely happen again. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a psychic. I don't, I don't have the, the means to like reach into the the universe and be like, hey, is this going to happen? But I can tell you right now, if it's happened once, I mean, history always repeats itself. Unfortunately, it's very unfortunate. But I do think that we are better equipped to handle it now than we were. But will we handle it better is the question. <laughs> you know,
0: right. I I agree 100 percent. Another thing I wanted to talk about was the media, right? So there was a lot of of news coverage, right? It was on every television. Uh, being that you're from Texas, is that something? Because I know it, it consumed national television, but was it something that was front and center in front of you? Being that you are from Texas,
1: yes, there were several teenagers that were hanging around the apartments that I were living at, that I was living at. Oh my gosh, and. Uh, I remember like the, the teenagers that were hanging around, they were like, he is so hot. Oh my gosh. And I remember being 11 and 12 thinking this dude is creepy. Like he is creepy. Like, what do you see in him? I had nightmares about this guy because he was plastered on my TV 24 seven. I remember wanting to watch saved by the bell and tiny Toons and power Rangers and, being mad because it's breaking news, David Koresh, breaking news, Waco, da da da, And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, y'all calm down a little bit. I, I know this is serious, but shit, you <laughs> oh, know?
0: <laughs> right. And you just literally took me back to my childhood because that was all the show, same shows I was watching. So I'm right there with you.
1: Yeah. I really just, uh, it was like, of course I was 11 and 12. So I was thinking, uh, David Koresh is a creeper. Who cares? I want to watch Zach Morris, okay? Because I think he's hot.
0: (laughs) I think Zach Morris is
1: hotter than David Koresh, so there you go. Well, definitely. I mean, seriously, (laughs) you cannot cannot deny that those Coke bottle, whatever glasses that he was wearing wasn't hot. Come on now. God. No, he was the subject of my nightmares, I swear. It wasn't what he did. It was just like he... You could just, you just get, you know, whenever you see somebody on TV or even just like people that, you know, and you just get this weird, just vibe about them. That was all I had to know about him to be like, oh, that guy is a creeper.
0: Fuck so. that guy.
1: And then I find out that he's, you know, essentially marrying and grooming people that were my age at that time. Like, oh. You find that out after the fact. You're just like, whoa, I was right.
0: <laughs> you're like, oh, my intuition was right.
1: Yeah, at 12, you know?
0: <laughs> right, right. But, That's crazy. Do hmm. you think that maybe the media helped fuel some of the the urgency to the cops to maybe want to get it over with? Or do you think it was, I don't know, like because media plays such a big part in everything that we do, you know what I yes,
1: mean? Yes, I absolutely do think that... Um, the media, you know, and you know, the media does tend to blow things quite out of proportion. I think this was a huge thing, but I think that they might've definitely kind of poked the bear quite a bit, if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, 100%. And we still see it today with the way that social media is and how connected the world was. I mean, this was in 1993 back when you had a pager. So I mean, I could only imagine if something like this happened in social media era, the the amount of, I don't even know, craziness that would happen because of it, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
0: So, well, thanks for coming on, Courtney. I appreciate it. Do you have any final thoughts on the Branch Davidians?
1: Um, I, uh, not really on the Branch Davidians, but just remember, uh, anybody could be could fall victim to being part of a cult and don't think for one second that you can't, that you're immune to it. Cause you're not. Um, and that David Koresh is not hot and should be the subject of everybody's nightmares.
0: I, that is one thing I, I, I hate seeing that serial killers or people who do commit bad shit are glorified to the point of of being hot like i will never and i i'm sorry listeners out there but i will never cover ted bundy it's gross it disgusts me i do not agree that we should be at a point where we are glorifying somebody because of their looks he's a fucking monster both of them all of them all they're fucking monsters and they shouldn't be They shouldn't be held on a pedestal because they look good or because you're attracted to them like that shit fucking pisses me off so much. I yeah, that's a complete random tangent, but it's fucking bullshit.
1: Serial killers do not belong on merch, guys. (laughs) Hands fucking down. Yeah, I stole that from a Reddit group. But anyway,
0: (laughs) Well, Courtney, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find your podcast at, and then we'll get out of here.
1: Okie dokie. You can find A Nefarious Nightmare on Apple Podcasts, Google. Um, it's still on Spotify, but if you don't want to find it on Spotify, that is fine. You can find us on uh, just about anywhere else. Uh, you know, also, you know, hit me up on Twitter and, and Instagram mainly. That's where I'm at if you, if you want to yell at me i'm there so
0: <laughs> <laughs> and before we go i have one question do you mind answering before we go sure if you could be one sandwich condiment what would you be and why
1: oh shit uh mustard why uh because it tastes fantastic and oh god i got a lot of why. like if you don't if you don't like pickles but you do want that sour element you just put that mustard on there um and also it's a little bit healthier for you and you still get that flavor.
0: Fair enough. Well, Courtney would be mustard.
1: I would be, I'm a sour bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, right on. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we got to sit down and talk about this. Thanks for having me. uh, I hope you have a good day. You
1: too. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. And remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.